Okay. So last night I had a vision, another vision. In this vision, I was like, I was in my old apartment, but only for a little while. And for some reason, it just felt so freeing and it felt so like, like peaceful and good. And I think that the freeing feeling was me being away from my family, which is so crazy because I know a lot of times the burden and the stress that I'm going through is because of them. But I can't imagine how sometimes I have the option of being away from them. Other times I don't. It's almost as if I can't control when I want space from them. And I can't get space from them when I want it. And then when it comes, you know, it's so refreshing but it's like I never have control over when I'll get that chance to have you know space from them but and even when I do I have to be so humble I can't even be happy about it I can't even like thank God for it because as soon as I'm like thank you Jesus like this feels so great like you have like I can't explain it it feels like like I'm freed in my soul just a burden, a weight, a stress of feeling like I have to be responsible for whether they go to hell or not. And even though I'm not responsible, at the same time, like, I just know that if God gave you an opportunity to save the people you love, you want to regret not taking an opportunity if you don't take it. Because I know temporary emotions will have you feeling like, nah, they're not worth it. Temporary emotions will make you give up on somebody that's worth fighting for. So I'm trying to fight past these temporary emotions, even though they play such a trick on my mind, makes me feel like, you know, this is how I, perm- this this could be permanent. I could be ignoring it obvious that this is not worth fighting for and depriving myself and taking myself through a whole stage that's never meant to happen. Like they're probably never going to change. This is probably never going to mean or count for anything. And I would have just saved myself the trouble if I would have just trusted what I believed and knew from the jump. But that just seems too easy. When God is showing you something different, you got to do things differently and you get different results. And that's exactly what's been happening. Like, I usually will be like, I'm not responsible for them. Or I gave it to God. I prayed for them. That's all I can do. After that, you know, I just got to do what makes me happy. I got to do it. I just got to follow what I know in order to get peace and avoid extra issues that I shouldn't have to deal with. But I fought past it because I heard God. I heard him and I trusted him and he gave me an option. And I feel like this was like, you know, I feel like this was like that that challenge where it's like like my whole life I've been challenged by different people where they're like you a punk and I can beat you and you're not going to try me like that and you know better you know who to try you know when to shut up or different type of stuff like that like you can't beat such and such you will get beat up by such and such don't talk such and such cuz you already know you cannot fight my whole life I've been tried like that and 
I just had to suck it up. And I had to, every single time, hear from everybody. Like, everybody would have the same opinion. You know, you really scared. No, you really just scared to fight them. And they would laugh in your face. And they would really be serious. And they would mean it and everything. But, like, I just knew. Like, I knew what I knew. And I stood, you know, true to what I knew. And I knew that, like, the conversations me and God would have, like, I know that when it comes down to it, I'll really prove my point. And I will step up and I will fight how I got to fight in that manner that they challenging me to every single day. But I'm not about to fight like that every single day for whatever reason they feel like it's necessary. If I show up like that for the reasons they feel like it's necessary, I'll be weak. Because I'm just saying, I got something to prove to you. Which means, actually, I am scared of you. And I'm really not scared of you. So the only way to prove I'm not scared to you is to let you do whatever you do. I had to lose whatever battle, be laughed at, and looked at like however. And then when it comes down to it, when a real battle presents itself, that's when I show up. If I cannot restrain myself or show discipline until the real battle, then I am weak. Already lost. Already lost. So I was never afraid. I knew who I was. I knew that it would come down to that. But I just sometimes I would be a little nervous because certain days, like they would really push me almost over the edge and I wasn't my best self. Because my best self wouldn't have been pushed over the edge, I feel like. And my best self wouldn't have even let it get to that point. Like I probably would have avoided certain things. I would have showed enough power and enough strength to be able to not be provoked by certain actions. And I feel like if I would have practiced that back then, I would have that down packed right now. There's different, you know, weaknesses or soft spots that I have inside of myself where I'm still provoked by certain actions. Like, for example, somebody is like, yeah, I did that. What you going to do about it? You know better than to play with me because you already know what I do. Then they'll do something. And then I'm just like still even thinking about doing something back. I shouldn't even be thinking about doing nothing back. I shouldn't even be worried about that at all. You shouldn't even call my attention. I should. That should roll right off me. And that's the only way you would have recognized my power as what it is. But since I'm still provoked by certain actions and I'm still thinking about certain things and wasting so much time on certain things, I'm tortured by that. And on top of that, you don't believe, you know, my God. You don't believe God when he say that I'm who I am because I don't because it's because of me. It ain't because of him. He's believable. He's the truth. It's not believable because how I behave when I'm provoked by anything you say or you do, when I'm too caught up on the different things that you are doing, when I'm, you know, pulled in that direction and distracted, when I cannot focus, I'm not exhibiting behavior that's believable. That when God says I'm that person, it's my fault. I know that I'm trying to work on that and it's obviously it's going it takes hard work to you know undo years of practicing that and I shouldn't have never been practicing it because God told me what not to practice and I let certain things slip through the cracks because I still had a point to prove and I shouldn't have regardless when it came down to it though you know I knew that I never would ever Prove my power, show my power on my family like that. It would never be the people I love. It would be a real battle. 
because in this world, obviously, I couldn't have known what it would have consisted of, but I had to be prepared regardless. I had to know in this world we was going to one day face a challenge that we was going to have to stand together as a family. And I was going to need all that power that I want to put into fighting you every day just to prove I can beat you. All of that power, I'm going to need that for this, for these real battles, real enemies, real, you know, dangers. Things that threaten to tear our family apart. Things that threaten to kill or take one of us out of this world. I need the power for that. That's what I need it for. And more than anything, if God says, you know, I need you to fight for me. And it don't look like it at the time. But every single time you want to fight for minuscule, irresponsible things, you, you almost saying like, these things matter more than God. And a lot of people going to say, no, that's an excuse. But that's an excuse. You saying that's an excuse is an excuse. And this is not for the weak. Because what it's going to look like is everybody step on you. You look like a weak flower. You get no respect for being strong or being able to actually whoop somebody. But in the spirit, spiritually, you are very strong. Very, very strong. Jesus, nobody wants to respect Jesus because they say Jesus let people spit on him and hit him and nail him to a cross for something he definitely did not do. And all he did was pray for them. He let people steal from them. And he told everybody to let people steal from you. People take advantage of you. Forgive them 70 times 7. Forgive people who... Hurt or intend to harm you. Love people instead of hating them. Do not get get back. Do away with the law eye for an eye. No more eye for an eye. And nobody wanted to respect that because in this world, it's about status and, you know, show of strength and power. So Caesar is running this world. Everybody get brought to Caesar. Nobody gets to do anything without him. And a lot of times you are condemned forever putting anybody or pretending as if anybody has more power than he is. This is why Jesus was crucified for being called the king of the Jews. So this is the same world we live in today. Look at this world. Like they want somebody who on TV who got all who got a whole army behind them. They got a whole bunch of people that's like, yeah, this is who this is. We support such and such, such and such is on top, such and such is is this person, is that person. We behind them, we going hard for them, we fight for them. You know, and when they're able to somehow, you know, look like they're winning or get someone, even if it's the person that you choose, if they're able to get that individual to not fight or challenge them in the way that they feel like you know, a ch whatever they feel like a challenge is. They feel like they've won. And you got to be able to let that happen. You can't have to always challenge that. Because what frustrates me is like, it's it's not just on high levels, it's on low levels. It's on every level. You know, you don't got this, you don't got that. I'm not accepting you. And if you ain't going to fight me or, you know, take it from me, then... You just, you know, you just weak. And I'm weak for caring about that. That's what it is. I'm weak for caring about it. 
Strength is not caring at all. Strength is not being provoked by nothing you say. Strength is never being distracted from God and what he say at all times. That's real strength, and I'm learning that. And this is why I realize that I'm tortured every day, because I'm just too focused on these things. Regardless, you know, I can never see, you know, well, God has shown me lately that because I believed, because I trusted him, because I listened to him, that now, you know, the time has come and everything he said was true. Different things I didn't do, I got to make up for now. I wish I had done them. And all the things I did do, I'm so grateful for. Such a blessing. On top of that, you know, nobody can take this away. The the times when they had the opportunity to ruin this, they tried. But they never saw it coming. They never knew what to really attack. And so now, it's too late. Now they steady attacking those things now that they know and it's too late. I'm built like that now. You can't change that. And even if you try to, it's it's still too late. You know, whatever, you know, time period or whatever it was needed for or used for, if you were ever able to change that or attack that or make that different, make that different anyway, you got to know that it's played as full part of my life. So it's not nothing you can change about God's plans for anybody's life. You need to, People really need to stop trying to do that. They only torture themselves. But regardless of anything, though, one thing I also noticed, though, is that if anything, now, moving forward, I know to listen to God for sure. I knew that already, so I'm, I got that, you know. I got that reassurance that, you know, this is confirmation. Like, naturally, you automatically going to do it. You automatically going to listen to them. That's who you are. So you don't have to worry about, you know, your second and third choices. You know, that's your first thought. That's your You go with your first mind. Your first mind is going to be listening to God. So it's just naturally happen for, happening for you. But also, like, just... Everything presenting itself is still so much to learn. After you know that, it's like now you're on another level now. And you learn so much. But God has given me the opportunity to help my family. Like, it hurts so much. But at the same time, it's such a blessing. Like, everything God is showing me, he's showing me how to show up. Not that he never, he ever doubted that I would, I wouldn't. Like, God chose me for a reason. This is crazy. But I always knew. But you gotta know. But regardless of anything though, in this vision, I'm finally away from like my responsibilities for a little while. I feel I feel a little bit free. And I'm with this this girl, she's a model. And she is so kind to me. And I, I believe that she's the reason why I have like a day off, like a break from everything. She's so kind to me. She's saying that, yeah, you know. I may not be fully, I may not fully agree with everything about you. Like I do, I'm not going to talk about what I feel like is wrong, but I'm going to talk about what I do agree with. And what I do agree with is like, I feel like the way you feel about your brother, like how you want to protect your little sibling. I feel that way about my little sister. 
And also, I understand that feeling you was talking about when you talked about how it was somebody you really loved and cared about, but your little sibling would, you know, find out that they was there or around, but wouldn't say anything to you. And you felt very heartbroken about it, like you felt betrayed. You didn't know how to feel if they was taking their side or not. It's not about them taking their side, but you just felt betrayed. Like, why wouldn't you tell me if you know how much I care about them? And you may be holding that against them. And she just showed me a perspective on things she was going through. So what I saw was we were, like, running on the run, you know, running through cities. And she was like a model. Like, she was so beautiful. She was telling me about the things that she cared about that I don't care about. And she kind of thought it was kind of funny, too, like how she cared about getting her hair done and makeup and nails and stuff. But I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Or I care about it so much I'm fighting so hard not to care about certain things like that. And she thought it was kind of funny. Like, we was judging me for it. But I was kind of judging her for it, too. But not really, though. I don't think we either was judging each other, but it was more like, you know analyzing like the differences between each other so maybe she felt like we actually had so much more in common than I knew so I've been seeing a lot of visions of like models coming to me and like talking to me about modeling then I've even had people tell me like you should be a model my grandmother was a model it's always been like kind of in my family like the modeling thing like I asked God about it and you know God said I will I will fulfill all my heart's desires in my lifetime and I've always felt that I was naturally a model, like, you know, like it just naturally comes, you know, like it's, I'm just born to be that. But the thing about it was, you know, I always felt like because of my size, I couldn't be a model, but I always had the height and all the other specifications for it. So I just, you know, I never really believed in myself to do it, but I always had the confidence, like when I just felt like if I'm not going to be a model in the magazines or in the movies or whatever, I can still be a model in everyday life. Like, I'm just an everyday life model then. Regardless of anything, though, you know, she was like, yeah, she was a model. And we, we understood each other in that way. Like, we really was living that model lifestyle for real. Like, we really have that attitude where it's like, it's confidence, but it's humble. You know, it's, you can still be humble and be a model. And still be confident. Like it's it's a way to be a, go about it. It's like appreciating everything that God is God given, appreciating your features for what they are. Never comparing yourself to the next woman. Knowing beauty for what it is, but never feeling intimidated about your own. And even if you are understanding that that's not somebody else's issue, that's your own issue. That's something you gotta work on. So, just I think models understand it, but it's like, you know appreciating that and then also pretty privilege so the pretty privilege is like I think that it caught me off guard a lot of times but also at the same time I cannot lie and say that I haven't been manipulative in that way where I understood my privilege you know pretty privilege and I just like I assume everyone has it kind of like white privilege and it's and people are offended by that like you assume everybody has the privilege that you have because you're pretty and that's what you're going through right now you're going through you know that fight in that battle with different individuals that hate you for for that reason like who are you to assume that i'm afforded the same opportunity you're afforded 
that people treat me the same way that they treat you, that people listen to me like they listen to you, like people care like they care for you. And I just understand what that's like. And I understand what it's like to have to fight for that and for had everybody against you. I had nobody really care for you unless they, you know, just treating you that way just because of your pretty privilege. So I just, I didn't want to accept it. I'm in denial about it, I think, still, because I, I noticed some, like, experiment, experimenting. Like, if this is really spiritual and all these different things can really happen, what I'm experimenting with is I'm allowing someone else to appear as me and I appear as them. And so we both, you know, we both, you know, be who we are. Because I'm saying it has nothing to do with pretty privilege but attitude. And... We, we are who we are. We answer the way that we answer. And based off of how people respond, we determine whether they was responding because of how I look, because I'm beautiful to them, or because my attitude is beautiful. And the fact of the matter is, I feel like a lot of times it's a cheat. It's cheating. It's being cheated. It's like my answers are beautiful. It's who I am on the inside. It's never really about appearance. Everybody's beautiful in their own way. If you're not beautiful on the inside, then you're just not beautiful. And it wouldn't matter how beautiful I was. If I wasn't beautiful on the inside, nobody would care. I've seen that now. So we see that that's really what that's about. So that's why I really don't, I'm I'm not in denial, but I don't really want to side with that pretty privileged thing. Because I'm like, no, you're making excuses for your attitude and your behavior in life. And you're saying that, it still has something to do with pretty privilege because you grew up pretty. You were able to afford to feel beautiful enough to not pick up a ugly attitude. Not like I couldn't have still pick up an ugly attitude. I didn't make these choices based off of just choosing to be a good person. And you're not being a good person because of the way people have treated you. I never decided to stop being a good person or loving people or allowing my kind heart to shine through because of how people treated me. And if I did, I wouldn't be beautiful. It's about kindness. So I'm oftentimes trying to allow them to see that in whatever way possible. So that usually consists of, okay, whatever it is you feel about that has to do with me in appearance that is allowing my privilege or allowing me to, you know, affording me the things that I have, you can have. You can wear it. You can do whatever, you know, to... Make yourself feel better and to somehow, you know, prove whatever point you're trying to prove. And I'm going to still keep my beautiful soul and spirit. And then we'll see, you know. And what I'm finding is that regardless, regardless, you know, it does come down to soul and spirit. And it's even been exposed to me like I've seen myself. And I've seen myself act like really horrible with a nasty attitude and an unkind heart. And I was immediately so ugly. The 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 glow, the the anointing, the holy light just fell off of me. And I was just normal, regular, just ugly. My appearance didn't matter at all. I became ugly. It's about a kind heart. It's about, you know, selflessness. You know, love, it's about love. It's about loving others. That's what it's about. And some people are so focused on 
outward appearance that they can't see that. And so they blame other people. And no, you knew that from the jump. But you want to somehow guilt trip me. And that's not fair for you to guilt trip me. As if I didn't have to make hard decisions every single day to be a kind person. Despite how many different people around me that will try and take that and tear that down. And give me reasons not to be. So, you know, I noticed that a lot of times they have to cheat because my first answer is the right answer. My first mind is the right mind. I'm kind from the jump. And they have to manipulate things. Like, when it comes down to stuff where it's like, you know, well, I want the better thing. Or it's too, it's a choice for somebody to have the last something. It's like, are oh, you taking it? I'd rather you have it. And it's like they have to manipulate it and make it seem like, no. Why would I want them to have the last thing? I want the last thing. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying, like, a lot of times it come down to that, and they don't want me to know my first mind is. Then, what also was revealed to me, though, and exposed is that, you know, it seemed like it, but I don't know if they manipulated this. It seemed like, you know, what happened was they were pretending to be me, and I was, you know, I guess, allowing myself to pretend to be them. And I was given answers, and when the answers were given, they didn't even want to hear from me. They didn't even want to even look in my direction to even give me a chance to even speak. But then when it came to them being me, they listened to what they said, and they were kind. But, or if they said something that was wrong or off, it was disregarded, as opposed to if I said it. It's like nobody's, nobody's disregarding that, you know? Nobody cares. So I did notice that, though, like you're willing to overlook things quick, more quickly, though. But I do. I have figured that out as well, though, because I feel like it's also like, like I said, manipulation. And what I feel like about that is, yes, I'm not perfect. I'm, I've been wrong a lot of times. Sometimes it is overlooked because of pretty privilege. But different things I notice is like sometimes people are willing to overlook certain attitudes or different things about yourself when you show a consistent pattern of who you already are. So in the past, if you are kind, if you are considerate, if you are a good person with a beautiful soul and spirit, and then one of these days or on, you know, different certain little times, you they catch you doing certain stuff. Like you say certain things or you do certain things that is not reflective of that beautiful, kind spirit that you usually are exhibiting. They overlook it. I'm willing to overlook that because I know what type of person you overall are. I know who you are and how you operate. As opposed to somebody who's usually being a unkind person. And then, you know, when they decide to be a good person, sometimes people are willing to accept that, but they're used to how you usually behave. They want to see you do better. or They want to believe that you are a kind person and can behave in a kind manner. But you're not usually exhibiting that. So you cannot blame pretty privilege because of that. That's attitude. That's, all, that's you know... That's a pattern of behavior that people have been accustomed to by you. And when you're wearing me, you are getting away with stuff because it's me. I'm I'm a good person. Usually I won't do stuff like that. And I bet you if you keep doing stuff like that, somebody's going to be like, hold up, you're not acting like yourself. Somebody's going to call it out, and that's happened multiple times. So I'm not, I don't like the manipulation. But I, I don't know if it's necessarily manipulation, but just a broken mindset, a broken view on a situation. 
regardless you know some people are just unwilling to make the necessary changes to be a kind person they keep making excuses for deciding to you know be unkind and make unkind decisions and they want to blame you because something inside of you triggers what they're not willing to do and that's not my fault and it's not my responsibility nor is it fair and also one thing another thing that needs to be considered is that I notice with my attitude, when it comes to figuring myself, figuring out my way out of, you know, jams or issues or problems, trying to find a solution, automatically my mind is working and operating in a manner where I'm thinking of a kind way to minimize hurt or pain for anybody else, me or anybody else. But you, because you are unkind, and I don't want to judge anybody. We're not, I don't like to think that anybody's really unkind. But maybe in your mindset, you automatically thinking of and, and coming up with solutions or, you know, finding your way out of issues or problems or compromising in a way where you are not caring about other people. You're being selfish and you're being unkind and you're thinking of destructive ways to, you know, solve problems, which is not ever really solving these problems, creating more problems. And I noticed that and I said to myself, do you do that on purpose or is that just who you are? And I can't really call it because God says you're doing that on purpose. But also that certain aspects of how you've dealt with different things that you've gone through throughout your life has led you to act in this way and, you know, behave in this manner. So it's not necessarily your fault. But at the same time, it is because you're still choosing that. You know, when you see someone who has gone through some of the things that you've gone through, if not the same things you've gone through, and they're still able to find solutions in a kind manner, willing to put themselves on a line before someone else, then that is, you're, you are doing that on purpose. That is you. It can be done. You are not trying to do it. But should you still be blamed 100%, I still have sympathy for that. Because I could have very easily went that way if God didn't keep me. So what is the solution? God, obviously. You just need a little bit more God in your life. It's not always because pretty privilege. It's not always because I've been afforded things that you haven't been afforded. And if I had those things or didn't have those things, I would have been a different kind of person. But I also understand that it can also play a part. Now, here's another example of that. There's individual. There's individuals who, have, who come for money. They believe that whether they had come for money or not, they would still be the same kind and real individuals that they are regardless. So they feel that they are on the same level of people who have managed to be kind and real regardless of, the, you know, the struggle that they've come from. And there's, it's just simply not true. It's simply not true. You can never understand what that's like and how much it's more of a challenge to make it out kind and real out of your situation without compromising for money, without being willing to sacrifice others to get to the top or get around money or anything like that. It's so much harder. And you start to understand different things like that because when you starve every single day and you have no food or no no money or no anything, you start to get a mindset or attitude like, man, when I get around or when I get the opportunity to get around it, I'm going to think about me because wasn't nobody thinking about me. 
I'm not going to be worried about nobody else because wasn't nobody worried about me. And you're not wrong. You're not automatically wrong. But at the same time, you know, it just takes, I guess, a certain type of individual to still be sitting there deciding that, nah, I'm still not going to do nobody like this. I'm still not never going to put nobody in position to ever feel this way. When I get some money, what I'm going to actually be doing is thinking about people like me that's sitting around starving like me. I'm going to be more considerate of people like me. I'm going to take that opportunity when I have it. If I ever find myself in an opportunity in that position to find people like me and provide for them. Because ain't no telling who out there being ignored or not considered. Instead of deciding that you're going to actually be the one to ignore and not consider somebody. So it is a decision to be made on both ends. But still, it's, it's different. It's different when you come from the struggle from when you don't. In many ways, people who come from money, you know, the people, the ones who have decided that they would be a, a good person with or without the money, they would be the same person with or without the money. The money does not define them. And oftentimes they're tired of that excuse being made from people who don't come from it. I'm just like you. I will be just like you. I understand the struggle just like you. I'm no different from you. I will be the same person with or without my circumstances. And I love to believe that that's true because God made you who you are regardless. But it's not true. I won't say it's not true because it can be. It's not always, you know, as true as you think. Your circumstances have a way of shaping you that you will never understand from somebody who is in the opposite circumstances. So you be, you're around people who are like, they come for money, but they're like, I don't need this money. And I would still be the same person regardless. But you would never catch them ever being able to survive in circumstances that you're able to survive in because you haven't had the money. You haven't had been afforded certain things. And they believe that it does not matter, but it does. That's why it matters. I'm able to survive these certain circumstances because I'm built like that now. I've had to. You wouldn't be able to survive these circumstances. Putting these circumstances, first thing you're going to do, maybe not the first thing you're going to do, you're probably going to try to do the best you can to survive, but eventually you're going to need that support that you're accustomed to. You're going to need that money and that lifestyle you come from. I can't have that. I have nowhere to turn to when it comes to that, so I'm going to find a way to survive regardless because I've had to. And that when it, that's what it comes down, the difference. That's the difference, and I don't like when people automatically assume that they understand regardless, just like I can't automatically assume that I understand someone's struggles who haven't been afforded the things I haven't been afforded. So maybe I don't understand your struggles if you grew up ugly. I probably can never understand what that's truly like. But I can say that I don't understand it. And that right there should be respectable. I won't say it's respectable enough or anything, but that should be respectable. At least you will try to understand. I respect the fact that you would, you know, I respect the, the fact that you would consider that you don't understand. Some people won't say, you know, I don't care or, you know, it doesn't matter or just completely overlook it and not even give you the benefit of the doubt or the time of day. You know, you still at least care, you know, you're relatable. Then there's the, you know, issue of, you know, not having a father. Like, I've been told so many different times, like, I would never understand what that's like because I had one. Even though throughout my life, I had to go without my father for years. 
and I understand the toll that that took on me, the different things I had to go through because of it. But to not have one as a whole, to never be able to have one, to never have one to turn to, you know, or to want to have one, but that that was just never present in our life. It's a different type of struggle, and I can't pretend to understand people that go through that. So people who are, like, telling me, like, no, I get what you're saying, how you can understand it, how you can relate, or how you feel like you would have been the same person regardless, but you just wouldn't. Like, it just takes a different effect on you. And you're right. I understand. So when it comes down to it, it is a little tricky because, yes, it's behavior and attitude in life. It comes down to behavior and attitude regardless who you decide to be, no matter what you are affording. And so that's going to come down to it at the end of the day. But ultimately, it, 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 the, the different details matter. They, make, they, they change things. They make a difference. So you cannot say that everything is fair. Everything is equal. It's not. So, that being said, you know, that's the complicated part about it. This is why we need God. Because you probably will never be able to understand it from my level. And I probably will never be able to understand it from yours. And for that reason, we may never be able to truly get along or understand each other fully without God. He's a mediator. So, it do, it takes overcoming different differences. It takes forgiving. And it takes being you know, consider it. It takes it takes being patient too. You have to love your brother or sister no matter who or how they come. Like God does. He don't understand a lot of stuff that we do. But that's why he gave Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Because even when he doesn't understand why we won't just be obedient and listen to him, he still loves us so much that he gave Jesus to die for the forgiveness of us so we can be forgiven regardless. And that's what it comes down to. So I noticed that. But in this vision, this girl, she's like telling me different things. And she's saying, like, I also understand how you feel so unsafe. Like you feel like you have like there's a part of you, there's a side of you that is like people don't understand it. They think that it's all good and it's all fine and dandy with certain things that you're afforded, like the privilege. Like a lot of us, you know, if you're a color, if you're a black person, if you are African-American, if you're a black person, you are, you may be offended by white privilege. I'm not offended by it, but some people are offended by white privilege. Why? Because they are afforded certain things we're not afforded no matter what we do or say. And it, it has nothing to do with your personality, your talent, your strength, or what you're willing to work or do or provide in order to get to that place. It just comes down to the fact that they're white and you're not. And it just seems unfair, just like pretty privilege. That's why it's called privilege. But if you don't allow it to affect you, then it does just come down to attitude. Because white privilege is going to be what it is. And a lot of people hate me for saying this, but you're, you're the one that's wrong. You're the one that's wrong. Because if you tell yourself you can't have or do something just because you're not white, then you can't have or do it because you said it. And yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenges. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the extra challenges you're, you face that can be avoided no matter what. That makes it absolutely difficult and seems unfair. It seems like there's no way for you regardless. But when it comes down to it, you have to be willing to be grateful for whatever it is that you already afforded, what you have, and then God, let God do the rest. It's about attitude. I'm learning, but I don't take it out on white people. 
I can't blame them for that. Even though I realize it, I recognize it, I notice it, and sometimes it is extremely frustrating and irritating. But I never let it get to me too much. Because you have to be happy with how you're born, confident in how you're born, you know, confident in what you're given and what you're afforded, period. If you, you know, you can't let people have that power over you, first of all. Like, if they already got the power and they already got the privilege, why are you letting them have that extra power by making yourself believe that you can't have something? You know, you telling them, like, I notice what you can't afford. I notice what you are allowed to do the privilege that you have, and it does affect me. No? And even if it does affect you, I learned how not to let it affect you. It's okay to tell them, but learn how not to let it affect you. Because imagine being around somebody who only got love for you, who don't think no type of hateful thoughts in their mind about you, and you're assuming that they're the enemy. I know what that's like on the other side of that, and it's just weird and wrong. They're not your enemy. And when you do stuff like that, you only plan yourself. So you got to learn to love regardless and not hold people to certain standards in your own mind. Sometimes it takes tearing those different things down. This is why I feel like God is needed because how could he have ever taught me these different things? How could I ever have learned these different things without God? When there's a lot of people around me who are not able to teach me these things. They don't even know how. You know? So, I knew I always needed God for things like this. And this is what I depend on I depend on him for. And this is why nobody's going to snatch him away from me. Nobody's going to snatch me away from him. You're not taking this opportunity away from me. You're not, you know, taking God away from me. You're not taking his love and his healing away from me. Like, no, you're not. But, obviously, the enemy realizes that that's the only way they can stop what God is trying to do through me in other people's lives. Regardless, so, she was telling me about her, the, the also the issues that come with that. So, you don't think white privilege come with issues? White privilege come with issues because, you know, like I said, you hate them because of their privilege. That's an issue. And then there's also other issues, obviously, I might not be able to understand because I'm not white. But they understand, you know. But I could name a few, I guess, assuming that they need it, whether they understand that they need it or not. Because, honestly, I think that when you're not white, you understand that they might not be able to survive without it. But you can't assume that for everybody because it's never the truth. Then the same thing is never true for every single person. And for you to feel like every single person needs to be judged by the same standard, that is just bad. That is just so bad. That's so bad. And and like it's just not it's not very smart. But you don't have to be smart. It's just not very loving. Or considerate. But it's also a small minded view that can keep you from opportunities and moving forward in life. I'm not about to, you know, miss out on the best thing that ever happened to me because they're white. That's the same thing of somebody missing out on the best thing that ever happened to them because they're black. But also, at the same time, understanding that sometimes when you have a focus on certain things, you know that you can achieve them in the manner that you wanted to achieve them in. 
So it could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's meant to stay or it's meant for you to have forever. I mean, you can have it forever, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily meant for you to have it in a certain way. So with that being said, I mentioned that because as far as husbands go, I won't be marrying a white man. I don't believe that I will be, you know, especially after what God has shown me. And the saddest part about it is it feel like race matters, but it's like I still don't want to believe that it does because not that it is up to me, but if God ever gave me the opportunity to decide whether white people will go in, come in to heaven or not, I'm still going to let I'm still not going to say no white people in heaven. Why would I ever say that? I haven't met every white person. And I don't know what some of these white people out here would do for me. I have family members, black people, who would put me on the lines of death, who would leave me for dead, who would kill me. And then there might be a white person out here who would actually give their life for me, do everything they could to save me, never stop fighting for me. And you think that I'm about to say no white people in heaven, not considering that somebody out there like that could exist? Do you understand what you would be throwing away? And what if Jesus did that and decided not to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins because he felt like nobody was worth it? He saw everybody that could possibly be worth it. He still did what had what had what needed to be done. And that was a big price to pay. So I would never do that. And I don't believe Jesus ever would either. So even after all that I've seen, I would never write white people off completely. Never. It's like, I don't think that's meant to happen. So, and that's a lot, that's saying a lot after what I've seen. What I've seen is that Jesus is black, God is black. And not knowing that from all the brainwashing that I've had in my life, that we've had as a community in our lives all the way up until this point, that whole entire fact has kept us from knowing who we are and kept us in the positions that we're in which is causing most of the pain, suffering, torture, and division in our community. And after you realize how much, how detrimental that, how much of an effect and how big of a part that that plays on our whole entire community, especially each and every single last one of us, even the babies and the innocent children, because we as adults have to be accountable for the decisions that we make. What about the children who cannot even control being brought into this world, nor can they control the things that happen to them? And the fact that they are... You know, knowing the difference between our God and our Lord and Savior being the same color that you are born would make a difference between how you were raised and all the different things that you had to go through growing up. That's unfair that that's being kept from us. And it's messed up that he's portrayed to be a white man. That's messed up. If I had known that when I was younger, I'm I'm probably almost positive I could have avoided it. most of the issues that I'm in. I'm having all the sin I'm having to answer for now. So it feels very unfair, but you have to but you also have to understand that everything happens for a reason. So knowing that God is in control and trusting God in heaven, even after you find out he's black, is trusting that exactly when you find out was when he intended he intended you to. And it sounds messed up and it feels so wrong, but even the things that weren't your fault or never you know, you feel like never should have happened to you or anybody else. God intended that. Well, he didn't necessarily want it to happen. But yes, he is in control. And so he could have stopped it. No, he didn't stop it. He allowed it. Yes, he did. But he also is waking me up now. And that's more than I can ask for. It's people who are not being, who are not being wakened up or not, you know, 
who are not being awakened, who are not seeing these things, who are not, you know, who are not blessed with this vision, this view. And more than anything, we need to understand that if you find out our Lord and Savior is the same color as you and that makes a difference, that makes a fact, and what you need to be grateful for is that you were born that color. Like, instead of, you know, taking it out on the people who weren't. Because think about it. They go through these such a great length to keep keep you from knowing who you are. But when it comes down to it, they can't change who you are. So, and so... That's always going to be the biggest, greatest gift of all. As long as they keep you focused on everything outside of that, then obviously what they're intending to do is working. But regardless of anything, though, love everybody regardless because them keeping you from loving everybody or blaming people is also part of that, keeping you from knowing who you are. You're meant to love everybody because Jesus does, right? God does, right? God is love. He's black. So you are love, too. We are supposed to love each other. So, something else that she showed me, this girl, which she actually was, I believe, mixed. I believe she was white and probably Hispanic, but she might have just been Hispanic. I'm not sure. I think Dominican. I think she said she was Dominican. She was Dominican. But um, she was white and Dominican, I believe. But all I know was, you know... Or maybe I thought she was white. I don't know. But all I know was, you know, she said that feeling that you get, you know, even though you have pretty privilege or you feel so, you know, unsafe. Because sometimes men are very, very obsessive over you and you notice it. Like, yes, they're, you know, showering you with gifts and giving you all these different things and you're afforded all these different opportunities because of what you look like like they just want to let they just want to be around you they'll they'll do anything just to be associated with you or just like to look at you like you know there's different things like that but like just the unsafe feeling that you get where it's like it becomes possessive or sometimes you know you can't be left alone you feel unsafe like they would kill you that's how much they are into you that they would actually take your life and you feel unsafe you know, like different types of abuse, assault, rape, stalking, all that, all that different stuff. And nobody cares because they're like, well, you're pretty. That's just what comes with it. That's not fair. So I think that, you know, people who may not necessarily have pretty, pretty privilege, they don't take those things into account. Your life can be seriously in danger. And what I'm going through right now just proves it. There's like all these different people who are allowed to do and say whatever they want to me. And I cannot say or do anything. I just have to learn to be kind and count on God and depend on him and focus on him at all times. Because no one's going to defend me because they feel like, well, you're the one complaining as if what the deal that you decided the deal you got was something to complain about. And so they're all obsessive and, you know, focus on my destruction, if not my destruction, just being in control or having some type of weird access to me at all times. And I'm not saying I'm just the hottest stuff on the planet. I'm just saying like this, this still is very true. So these different things that I'm facing and going with, nobody cares about, nobody cares about, they're like, because you're pretty, I wish I had those kind of problems. No, you don't. No, you don't. 
you have no idea what this is like. Like, I'm literally dealing with witchcraft. Somebody's trying to steal my entire body and life. And then I'm, on the other hand, you know, I can't get help unless, of course, I'm somehow willing to compromise who I am and my morals and beliefs. Like, if I say, you know, I'll marry someone or I'll have someone's child or I'll be associated with them romantically. And if not, they're just going to take it. And then if I tell anybody, they're just going to lie on me and flip it on me and everybody's going to go along with it. And that's messed up. And I don't know if this ever happens to anybody ugly, but I'm not saying that that matters. Because, of course, it might not have anything to do with appearance, but just anointing. And when it comes down to it, it is God. But, you know, it does play, it plays a part. And I just, I, I just connected with her on that because she understood what that's like. And that's what a lot of models go through. And I've heard models talk about this over the years. But I didn't think that it was as bad either. Because when you are not getting attention and you're not being seen as beautiful or wanted... You think that that's the best thing in the world. That's not always true. You glorify their lifestyle, but you don't understand how unsafe they feel at all times. And the things that they have to succumb to and become accustomed to that's not necessarily normal. Somebody will come and be like, wait, you have to go through that? And you just overlook it. How do you deal with it? And it's like, I don't even know how I'm dealing with it. But I just have to survive this. Because people out here are just... Some people are just like that, and you can't fight everybody on it because of way too many people, way too many different directions that's coming coming from. So you just have to decide to be kind because you can only change your attitude but not the world. And I, I, use, I, I find my peace in God, and God just allows me to forgive because you cannot stop or change a lot of this stuff. It's sad, but it gets really, really bad, really bad. But... Then I saw a truck, and on this truck, you know, this truck was, like, pulling up, and it was supposed to be, like, a, the truck driver was actually kind and, you know, very inviting, and it seems like it wasn't, it wasn't unsafe, but, like, something just told me, like, no, do not trust this individual, don't get in that car, and just the thought of feeling like, you know, how much worse could it be, you know? I'm out here running throughout, running through, you know, running away and on the run by myself, and I'm unsafe anyways. How much worse could it be to get in this car? And it's like, no, you could really, like, die. So it's like that whole debate, like, you know, hopping in strangers' cars, you know, thinking that they have the right intentions for you, no matter how kind they appear to be, and just fighting every you know, right feeling, you know, you got that feeling like, well, it feels right. It feels okay. And you just never know what you're in for. So I think that she was trying to show me something. You can't always trust your feelings. You can't always trust them. Sometimes you just have to go with your survival instinct. And I don't want to believe that because I believe that God has led me with my feelings, guiding me to this extent and this point. And this is how I'm able to help and save my family and not only that I'm gaining such, I'm getting so much closer to God, but also look at the situation I'm in. I'm tortured every day and I'm in a very unsafe environment where I'm being controlled and my life is threatened like almost all the time. I'm unsafe, which is why that was an escape for five minutes from torture, real torture and abuse. And she understood that she was trying to help me.
And so, you know, this man's truck, I, t- I tried to tell her, like, it's okay. I can trust God. I'm going to make it out regardless, you know. And I know you're saying don't always trust that feeling that makes you feel like everything is fine. You're probably right. I've been fighting that for a while. I'm trying to figure that out. But it's like, I, I need to trust God. I have to. Because if I just start doing things all willy-nilly now and not just trusting God, I just don't know. I might end up in that situation just by doing that instead of just trusting them. And she understood that. And she said, you know, you're kind, like, you know, but you just, like, you just have to fight, you know, you know, being unkind. Don't don't even think about being unkind. Just, you know, the way you're going, the way you're choosing to go, if you're not choosing to do things, you know, trying to lead you to do or help you to do, then, you know, I'm going to just try to help you with that. But the man in the truck who was pretending to be kind or whatever, what ended up happening was he was about to, you know, because I explained to her, people will try and set traps for you, will fall into the traps that they set. That's how God works. And this man who was in his truck, you know, he was like, I think trying to get me to get in his car was kind of like not not really a good choice or a safe choice. But all I know is his truck was about to somehow crash or go, you know, fall off of something. And he was going to die. But I was willing to, you know, in a split-second decision, which I debated it, but I was willing to, you know, still help him despite his intentions for me. His intentions was probably to murder or rape me or anything like that, like a serial killer. But still, when I noticed that he was headed for death, even though I wasn't going to get in his car, I wasn't going to accept any help from him. I still, you know, did what I could, like warned him and tried to help him from his car falling off the tracks. And that's how the vision ended. And I don't know what that means, but I think it has a lot to do with my destiny. You know, when it comes down to it, people be willing to kill you and you could almost have died and barely made it out. But you would still be willing to save their life after even after knowing what their intentions for you was. And I know it's not me. That's God. So, of course, that comes from listening to this feeling. But God has also shown me my heart can be deceitful. So I'm not ruling anything out. And there's no telling where this is going to go. But I trust God. I do trust him wholeheartedly. And if not now, more than ever. Then I saw this rapper right before the vision ended confirm a a few things. Like, yeah, this is why, you know, you're probably chosen because you're a kind person like that. And also, you know, you are like a model. You're really pretty. And, you know, just kind of like finally showing up and kind of like finally you know responding to and sort of supporting me in a way a little bit but the issue with that was like I was wondering like why this person hadn't shown up the whole time and I just wonder if they had been there the whole time and if they had been there the whole time if of course I could trust them but at the same time like I said they were acknowledging that I was kind and I feel like that was that was for a reason. Everything happens for a reason because God is showing me and telling me the whole time. Each and every single last individual that I've, you know, 
that you've come across that you're wondering about, there's a time for them. They're all going to come around in time. And now he's coming around, and I feel like that's for a reason. And I don't know if it's all the way yet, but it's the introduction, I think.